Hi, I'm Casey Ross. I'm the creator of Arcade Fire, The Redemption of Billy Mitchell, and you are listening to Scene World Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's the Scene World Podcast. That guy over there is Jurg, and I am AJ, and I'm not in my normal spot because I am on adventures right now. Um, right. We'll be back to normal soon, hopefully. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. So who will we be talking to today? Uh, today we're talking to uh, Benjamin Duvien. From, uh, he is the, the uh, CEO and founder of PyPacker. Exactly. Yes, Benjamin is... Duvien. Yes. And yeah, which is? It's, it's, it's an online gaming platform uh, similar to, you know, we, we spoke with... Um, and stream. and stream a while back and it's it's similar in style to that except that it also incorporates multiple players and and web video conference you know web web cameras and and i i sound like an old person the the, the, the web cameras and the, yeah the well I mean, telephones. I mean yeah i mean i mean the main difference is that end stream is actually streaming it live mm -hmm. and what piperker is doing is they are uploading it to the cloud for yes. each yes. user so it's it has it it is in the nearest location to them living mm -hmm. that means that neither of the people despite where you live is experiencing a delay and actually jay and i we were trying it out in the in the beta and i had no delay on my side yeah no i didn't either there are the news um yes. before we go to that mm -hmm. uh, do you want to start sure i i have two bits here um one is the um there's a new um a new product called the sidkick which um emulates it's a drop-in replacement for the sid um, it, again. again, another one, yes. Um, it emulates two SIDs, uh, 6581 and or 8580, and a sound expander, which is the OPL, FM, YAM stuff. Um, and it's based on ReSID. Um, so there's, there's, so again... So actually have, three chips in one. Yes, exactly. So you can have, you know, um the second SID address at, you know, a bunch of different places, uh, and then the FM, uh, EM support, which may come in handy if we ever manage to get it into our outfit. Well, I mean, I mean, that is why I'm editing all the podcast stuff, yeah. so you can get the time for it. Right. I right. hope you will. It also has, um, paddle and mouse support, which a lot of the... Many um, clone stones, yeah, yeah. right. Um... So there's there's actually it looks really cool and and it's there there's um the output is either via connectors which you get stereo sound then or through the main board which is just mono a mono stream which is similar to what the um, sit effects does. Um, so there's yeah so that's that's there. Um, I don't know if it's available to purchase or if you have to build your own. But... Doesn't it say it on the source? Um, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm getting it from, um, um, okay, there it is. It's, it's on, it's a GitHub page. Um, 
but yeah, and it says the first compatible complete SID drop-in replacement you can build yourself. So it looks mm. like it's not something that they're offering to sell right now, but it is something that you can build and put in. Mm. But there are companies like PCBWay where will you make can it. actually yeah. where you can actually send all the instructions to them, mm -hmm. and they would do it. If right. you tell them to, and and I and I guarantee it's only a matter of time before somebody like uh, um, you know C sixty four forever or or something like <laughs> you, that. You mean you mean these. like all the Swinsit clones? Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, you know the, the plans are on the market. You know it, it's it's kind of right. open source here, so it's only a matter right. of time before somebody starts putting them together and selling them. On, right. You know the same thing with the um, the 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 uh, Raspberry Pi, the 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 Pi fifteen forty one. Exactly. Yeah, that that came mm -hmm. out, and now you can get the 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 hats. I don't I don't know anything about the Raspberry Pi, so I mm. don't I don't know what the hat what that means, but you can get that any number of places. Right. Well, nice. So yeah. um, news from 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 our former guest Petro Planas from Venezuela. Mm -hmm. He actually released. His new um, album on Bandcamp. Oh, really? It's called Play That Game. And um, it has some pretty good sounds and some pretty good game music piece in it. Awesome. Uh, my, my favorite one is Run For Your Life. Hmm. Um, so we'll put a link to that um, in the podcast description. Yes. Very and cool. in the video down there. And, um, well... Other bits of news is the Petsky fighting game Monstro Giganto has been released. And despite yes, it, has. it has been released two weeks ago already, the first two batches already sold out. Mm -hmm. And now the third batch is um, for pre-order um, to be dispatched middle of may yeah. so oh yeah. my god and, and actually it's only available on cartridge because it's it's having so much digital samples for speech that is actually live streaming from the cartridge constantly <laughs> data while you play <laughs> dang so it's it's more like you're playing in, in interactive movie or something yeah. of course right. it's constantly streaming data um, i got a question for you Right. Do you like which do you prefer, uh, disc-based games or cartridge-based games? Disc, of course, because I'm a fan of making copies. Cop mm -hmm. I'm making um, well backups. You right. know. Right. Yeah, that's my thing. Okay. But um, well, some games um, I also have on cartridge because some games you can only get on cartridge. Mm -hmm. um, right. I was always a fan of disc-based games myself because I, I always felt that there was more room to expand. Like you could have a bigger game on discs because there was more room on the disc. That's like you actually could... not true anymore. I know, I know, not anymore. I know. But... Actually, and even back then, even back mm -hmm. then, many games were done um, on cartridge because there was more space available right. than on disc. Right. Um, for example, the Ocean release of Double Dragon mm -hmm. was only a cartridge release. Um, um, and also, um, um, also, another one was Toki, that arc arcade jump and run mm -hmm. was also also released only on cartridge because they would have enough space for the music playing right. while the game plays. Right. And another one would 
wie ähm, Hugo, ah. ähm, which was which was a TV show actually in many in many places around the world, and that that was also released on cartridge only because they had um, digital samples playing and the loading time because of the size of the um, the samples were so big. They decided to only release on cartridge. Well, how there big are tracks for that, actually. There are cracks for all those games, uh -huh. but um, all games, just, um, except the Hugo cracks, they constantly load data from right. the disc, so there are always interruptions of a few seconds uh -huh. during uh -huh. gameplay. Yes, yeah. So and how much space then, is on a cartridge normally? That really depends on, on how much ROM you put it in. Uh -huh. You know, of course, back then, uh, RAM was expensive, ROM, memory was expensive, so they didn't put so much on it. Well, and, and you you know, it, with bank switching, you can't access more than 64K at a time anyway. But, I know. But... Yeah. Um, it, was more, it was more a price issue, yeah, I guess. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure that um, Monstro Giganto must have a giganto amount of yeah. memory for... All those speech samples. I mean, there are constantly speech samples, hmm. and they even have stories for all fighters, Yeesh. where they constantly um, tell in a digital sample voice, you know, the storyteller uh -huh. how how the how the character came into place and stuff, like Street Fighter. Right. Well, right. also all well, also every character has a story. Hmm. So, so um, and um, I mean, I mean, on the other side. They, they saved a lot on resources for not using a pixel graphic, but Petsky graphic. Mm -hmm. yeah, because the yeah. charge is already memory. Doesn't, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't occupy memory as much if you don't have pixel graphics. So I right. guess they use that but, for their advantage. But know? that opens up a whole new level in that it's, it's a lot harder kind of to animate a character graphic thing than it is just to move a sprite. Right, but they did it quite well in the they, game from yeah, what I saw absolutely. on the trailer. Yeah. yeah, and it's definitely a game I will I will definitely um, um, pick up myself. Uh -huh. Right. Um, anyway, so and well, the other news also we got people complaining that our contact form on the homepage is broken. We got that fixed now, uh -huh. so now people can use our contact form again. <laughs> That's what I wanted to what I wanted to share also. Okay. And yeah, well, you said you have another piece of news. So yeah, what's the um, piece of news? yeah, there's a, a Matchich. Uh, I don't know how to. Oh God, these. I'm. We're having a terrible time with names today. Uh, well, you did it quite nice on our French yeah, guest. With with Matchich with Kawiak. I'm sure I said that wrong. I'm I'm certain. I'm 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 so sorry to whoever that that to the person whose name I just murdered. Um, but he's written a uh, a program to let you mine Bitcoin on the C64. Oh, I saw that. Yes. But it, it takes like well, uh, 50 yeah. years or something. Well, and this is, this, I, yeah, I, I ended up falling down a rabbit hole because I don't know anything about Bitcoin mining or anything like, like this. And I saw this, this bit of news and I was like, well, what's the, you know, how, how does this all work? And I fell down the rabbit hole of like, there's, there's dedicated machines that use like, like custom chips just to do this. And, you know, like, like this, this, they're doing, you know, 
billions and billions of, of, of hashes or trillions even per second. And, and the C64 can do 0.2 I know. per second. I know. So, so yeah, you're going to, you know, you might mine one Bitcoin in, in 65,000 years or something I with know, the C64. It's, 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 it's more of a, a novelty proof of concept. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but it is a thing that if, I guess, if you really want to, if you've got a, a, a farm of C64s and, and electricity to spare, <laughs> I guess nice, you can nice. set them to work and, and hope you get a, you manage to, because the actual process of mining a Bitcoin is also largely luck from what I discovered. Uh, I know, I know. Yeah. It's, it's partially being able to process the one megabyte of data but then also has to be lucky enough to be the first to actually solve some mathematical problem. And that's just, that's down to dumb luck. And your, your odds of doing that are greater on a machine that can do more of the stuff quickly. Right. Right. But I guess, I guess if you're super lucky, mm. then your C64 might manage to do that randomly nice. on the first try. <laughs> Yeah, so um before we jump to our guest, uh -huh. actually during during the um interview he actually offered that exclusively to our listeners uh -huh. there will be some beta accesses to the oh, game. Yes. So he they didn't dis, did, they didn't do a disclosure how much we will get. So if you're listening to this even if you are 500 people, uh -huh. send us an email to podcast at zineworld.org and tell us you want um, a beta access to Pipecker. And the good thing is to mention, if you want to play with your friend, only one person needs an access. Yes. For the other persons, just tell them open Chrome and send them a link to join your session. Mm -hmm. And then you are both in the same gaming session. We tried it because AJ's account for some reason didn't work, but mine worked, so I sent AJ the link. Mm -hmm. And that worked lovely. Yes, it so did. send us an email to podcast at sceneworld.org and we will then forward the um, the email for beta access to them. Mm -hmm. to their and we should mention this will be... Because we don't know how many we'll be able to give out, this will be first come, Limited. first serve. So exactly limited. Yeah. 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 Since we have meanwhile thousands of listeners, it could be a could be a bit. Yeah. So if you are hesitating, if you do it or not, better do it because yeah. first come, first serve. If mm. you decide to wait a bit, you can can be unlucky. Yeah. And since we don't know the numbers ourselves. We will just um, collect what we have and send that to yeah. them. So again, it's and then podcast of course we will at sceneworld.org. Send us. Podcast at sceneworld.org. And of course, we will, we will send you an email back mm -hmm. when you got an account. Yes. Right. And depending on how much emails we will get, I also will try to answer every email I get. <laughs> so even if you didn't make it, you will get an answer. So yeah. now send me your hundreds of emails, please. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. So, guys, hope you enjoyed the interview. Yes. See ya. So today we are talking to another guest, and this time it's Benjamin Duben from Pie Packer 
in France. And um, you are actually starting a Kickstarter tomorrow, after we recorded this today. And I would say it's, um, as I understood, it's a project, a retro project, where you can play with your friends online your retro games in a browser, basically. This is exactly this. So it's basically a, a platform that allows you to play retro games. So, you know, like your, your usual emulators, but the main differentiator is that you can play this over the internet with your friends, which is, you know, more fun. Uh, it also includes a video chat, so you can see the people's reaction and you can make this even more fun by wearing AR 3D masks. So this is, a, this is a good way to enjoy like classics together. Oh. And I saw, I saw in the beta page that actually you will be offering a device where you put in your SNES cartridge and you can dump them to your computer and play that with your friends online. So um, we haven't decided exactly on the exact consoles that will be ready at launch. But what I can say, this is a device which is necessary and totally optional. Pipacker is free and a free platform, and we just offer for people who want more than the 60 licensed games we have. And we have, you know, uh, this is which game is it? It's actually SimCity <laughs> 2000. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. I love this game. I love this game. And as I was saying, so we have 60 licensed games from Team 17, uh, Codemasters, and like many different brands. But if you want more, we offer for uh, people who have physical cartridges like yourself. Um, a simple accessory, you plug this over USB uh, to your computer and you just insert the cartridge and it's going to read the cartridge directly on Pipacker. And the magic is that you can invite your friend to play, friends to play with you, uh, this game over the internet. So let's imagine you have a SimCity that you were holding in your hand. You just insert this. It will create a room on Pipacker and you can invite anybody you want with just a URL. The other person just needs a web browser. So it's super simple. If it was a multiplayer game, that is. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which it isn't. Um, but even yeah. if it isn't, they could they could join in and watch you. I mean, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And you can swap controllers. Definitely. You know, like I was, so we, we, I've been using this feature, but with some of our own games on one player games. And my friend and I were finishing the game together. Like switching back and forth the controllers, uh, it's it's another way to, to enjoy the game. Interestingly, the idea is not new. I mean, um, ten years ago, AJ and I we were doing it with a Vice emulator for Commodore 64 game, but it was heavily delayed. Yeah, between that was him rough. and me. Was that ten years ago already? That was. Yeah, I think it <laughs> was Lord. like or, or six, seven years ago, probably oh, around yeah. that. And it was so bad, they actually removed the functionality in later builds of the mm -hmm. program. And and also, yeah. we tried recently, like last year, uh, the Sega Classic Collection that has the same functionality. And it was, a, again, very heavy delayed. And yesterday, AJ and I, we tried Pipacker, the beta, uh, the yeah. beta, and there was no delay whatsoever. We even played, we even played um, 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 Sensible Soccer, no yes, delay whatsoever. Was very impressive. Even though he's in the US and me in Germany, we expected some difficulties over there. So. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I won. I want to let everybody know that 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 I I, I roundly won. Although <laughs> although Jurg was the one that scored the winning goal for my team, 
<laughs> yeah, so um, so that that was pretty impressive that you actually worked out the the quirks about you know um, delays, ping, and other issues. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. So there are a few things that we did, and and um, there is a lot of work here. And I think the first thing we really wanted to make happen, and to differentiate, for instance, with Ritual Arc, they have Netplay. And Netplay, the main issue with this, at least on my end, was it takes a lot of time to configure. You need the IP of the other person. You need to be probably a network engineer to understand what's going on. Uh, more, it's not an easy use case, even though I love what they're where they are building and they, they've been so helpful with the community. On the other side, you have services like Parsec, and they're great because if you have your setup, you can share your setup with a friend and play over the internet. But it's highly dependent on your internet connection and quality of internet right. connection. Mm-hmm. So we wanted something that was like both easy, but also very rock solid network-wise. So what we did is we used a cloud technology and what, what it does is it simply it's hosting the game somewhere in the cloud and sending the video stream to both people at the same time. And the magic of this is that if you have different quality for your internet connection, it's not going to affect each other. You're, you're going to have your own experience and it's always going to be synchronized in the central unit. So this is what we put in place. There is a lot of magic and optimization there. We literally spent a year fine-tuning this. Wow. So, so, so theoretically, I could be in Germany, AJ in China, and if, if we have if we have a four four-player game, I mean, there are a few um, multi-tap games. I don't know if if the emulator you use, I guess using some kind of emulator, if that is using multi-tap games with four players. So we, we, we are compatible with multi-tap, uh, definitely. And I think it's interesting to ask the question of the emulators because a lot of people online ask us like, oh, do you use something that is under license whatsoever? No, we're, first of all, we're extremely clean with this. Uh, we're very transparent. One of the first hires was actually someone who was a main contributor on RetroArch. So someone directly from the heart of the community. So we really want to make sure that, you know, every emulator, first of all, it's custom built, it's custom fine-tuned. When it's open source, we contribute back to the community and share our codes. Like if a competitor wants to use our work, it's definitely possible. And I think this is her game because we've used some you know, um, stuff that was open source for some of the uh, emulators. Other emulators, we went hard. And like when I say we went hard, we hired some world experts. Um, for instance, like on the PlayStation side, we hired literally a guy who worked at Sony and built the PS2 emulator on the PlayStation 3. Wow. We hired this guy and some other people from his team and we're like, okay, come with us, help us to build PlayStation emulators. And this is from scratch. We're using different projects, but like we, we contribute a lot uh, on the emulator-like scene. Here's a question. I mean, we, we had interview earlier with a service called Endstream that are actually streaming and they don't offer multiplayer because um, they are actually streaming live. They are not putting it on the cloud like you do. But, but still, they have this issue that, that really drives me crazy that games are playing in the wrong speed. If you have NTSC games and, you know, some games, especially for the retro consoles or computers, were not properly fixed for mm-hmm. European consoles. Yeah. So I don't know if that is a license issue, but but if 
if I'm using a game on an on an online service, I want to have the choice between how I remember it and how it's supposed to play properly. So I never understood why why uh, why there isn't a switch between you know childhood memory and proper game. So that always annoyed me. I can understand if if I dump if I dump a Paul and um, SNES cartridge, I can't expect it to run in NTSC, of course. Um, so if the game is badly programmed for PAL, it will run badly because I dumped that. But how is it for the licensed games? Did you did you think about that, or is that something you didn't pay attention to? Because that really drives me crazy. And I think if if I if I pay money for a service. I want it to be perfect. That's at least my my perspective. That's a that's a good view. Actually, we went deeper than this. Um, deeper. There are a, a lot of other issues. Like for instance, a lot of the games were accounting for a screen size correction. And for instance, if you play like the uh, Genesis Mini or Mega Drive Mini, you see that you can opt between like pixel perfect or four by three. And these are the type of things that we really looked into and made sure to be as uh, close as possible from the original intention of the game. I'll give you another example. Uh, we work with Morphcat Studio and they do Micromages. It's an amazing platform of games, four-player games on NES that was built in 2019 by a French and a German guy. I really recommend you guys to, to try it. It's on by Packer. Um, we initially started to emulate the game and we've what well, we thought were the right colors. And we realized that they intended the game with slightly different colors. So we literally fine-tuned the uh, emulator just for this game to make sure it's exactly how the, uh, the creator wanted it. And we, we, we try to be as close as possible. We hear the community. So if we hear from someone, hey, I don't think this game should play this way, we definitely have like the, the, the technical power to change it and tune it and the flexibility. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and how is it for, as I said, border cases? Where you have where you have a badly a badly or optimized um, Paul game, but you know originally it's supposed to be on sixty hertz. Will there be an option or um, between how you remember it and, and how it's originally meant to be played from the uh, from the developers? Did is there something implemented like a version choice or region choice or something? So right now we have different versions that are implemented uh, where we have, depending on your language, it's automatic. Uh, we are trying to make this more manual and have you being able to obtain and like, just, hey, I want to play the Japanese version for any reason um, to try to, you know, uh, let people do so. So right now it's still automatic. We switch, you know, uh, games depending on the regions or the rights we have, but it's definitely in the pipeline uh, in the medium term. Wow. I'm I'm impressed because normally when 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 I ask such questions, the answer is like I have to ask the developer team about it, <laughs> or, or oh that's a good idea I will put that to our uh, marketing team or product management product management team and I'm like okay nobody's thought this out so <laughs> hey it's good and uh, so I I would wonder because we always ask this our guests how did you in get involved with this project and the retro community. In, in all. I mean, how did that all start? I mean, you look, people always tell me I look too young to be a retro guy. 
And I would guess you are probably younger than, than the two of us. So how did you get involved in that? So is your question specifically why do I like retro games or how do I get in the gaming industry and both, doing pipe Both, actors? actually, both. Oh, okay. I can start maybe with like a little bit of context on how I happen to be sitting on this chair talking to you when running this company. Um, I've been working in the game industry for a while. Uh, and surprise, surprise for someone with a gaming startup, I work for, you know, your classic companies for EA, Ubisoft, and Gameloft. And I was more on the data science side uh, and actually created the uh, data science department at Gameloft. It was a lot of fun because, you know, it's probably going to reveal a little bit my age, but I started to work in this industry before premium was a thing. Uh, and we were moving from the premium model to the premium model. And to do so, we needed data and nobody had no idea how to, you know, how to make a freemium game, nor what was a data scientist. So it was a, a lot of discovery and self-discovery, like growing a, a large data science team and scaling this at the scale of like a company like Gamelock, which is like thousands of employees. Uh, we're su very successful with this. And then I moved to Facebook, where I was the head of analytics. So I was running uh, a lot of different teams doing like uh, enhanced media, so live video, Facebook Watch, and different like related projects to this. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was also a very interesting process to work outside of the gaming industry for like a year and a half. And I was like, I miss this too much. I, I, you know, I belong to this industry. I belong to gaming. So I had this opportunity. I was chatting with a bunch of friends at Twitch and they were like, dude, like just come over to Twitch. Uh, it's going to be fun. I was like, yeah, do you have a job for me? And the answer was like, not really, but we can create one. <laughs> so I joined <laughs> Twitch without knowing exactly what was my job or title and ended up doing, you know, uh, R&D for machine learning and like doing research there, which was great. You know, uh, I was, I've been like super involved with the uh, different, different universities. I've been teaching at the University of Montreal in video game schools. I even taught at the MIT and like for me, it was just cool to have this kind of like hybrid job where I was doing both research and, you know, uh, uh, a real, a real work <laughs> that, that is earning money, not like actual research in universities. Uh, no offense. <laughs> I love you guys. Um, and I was doing this and then Jules, who is my co-founder, who, who is not here today and I, started to, you know, tinker with different projects. And one of the idea we had, and it's actually funny how we had it, we were in this kind of like uh, Mongolian hot pot restaurant. And we, you know, we were very lively uh, to, to stay polite <laughs> and started to iterate around ideas. And one of the ideas we had was like, hey, do you think we can build a cloud technology that will be, you know, much more cost efficient than any like other cloud technology. So we started to dribble on paper formulas and concept and different stuff. We go back home, the next day I wake up a little bit hangover and I start to look at my notes and actually it makes sense. And Pipepacker was actually not a gaming company. It was a technology company. We built a first iteration of this, which was, you know, cloud computing processes that was literally seven times cheaper than Amazon AWS or Google Clouds because we're using some machine learning, some very clever engineering tricks. And we had the cool technology, but we didn't have a use case. And we're like, okay, what do we do with this? And we're huge nerds, like like huge nerds. And we're like, okay, let's run video games on this. It looks very powerful. I'm sure we get it can handle it. 
So we start running like, you know, emulators on this and we start running one, two, three, and we end up like running a thousand emulators on the server and we're like, well, it can handle so many sessions at the same time and look at the conceptions, nothing. So we decided, okay, let's, let's build a company out of this. And what's funny is that we bought the domain name PyPacker before PyPacker was a gaming company. We bought this because the technology we used was basically called packing on the servers and the small units we will pack were called pies by ourselves. So we bought PyPackers. But at the time when we started PyPacker, we're like, okay, it's just going to be a two month project. It's never going to work. But here we are like a year and a half and a few millions of investment later, like with this goofy name and now the company uh, forced to have this in their resume. So I would say that we, we got into PyPacker accidentally. And what's even more funny is that we don't even have the ID of PyPacker. What happened is people misused our product. We built the first version of PyPacker that was literally an emulator and running on, on a cloud service, very much like Endstream. And we're like, well, this is cool, but why will people use this? I mean, there is piracy available. What would they pay money to use PyPacker if they had the exact same thing for free and probably better? And we needed to find something that was different. We're like, you know what? Nobody's doing like proper multiplayer over the internet. Let's do this. So we start to bootstrap something quickly and we send this to our friends and family. We're like, hey guys, we built this thing. Can you try to play with your friend? It's like an emulator. We packed a few games uh, on this and we asked them, please record your screen so we understand how you use the product and we can collect data. And two weeks after, they sent us back the videos and Jules and I are very puzzled because we built this for gamers and we were like, okay, so the intention is to play the video games. But nobody understood this, like literally nobody. What they did is they put the game on one side and then on the other side, they put like Google Hangouts, Zoom or any video conference. They were chatting with their friends and like playing 10 minutes chatting five minutes and like hanging out. And I was like, dude, like you're really bad at this game. Just focus on it. Like what are you talking at the same time? You have one job. <laughs> yeah. I got very angry. I got very angry. And this is the moment where like, God, this is a new use case. Like people just want to hang out around a game. Like they would do they couch gaming. And this was kind of like the genesis and why we started to invest more in retro games. I'll probably pose it here because this is already a long answer for your short question. I mean, hey, I mean, I remember HA and I, because he has a Mac, my primary yeah. platform is a PC, and we were both trying for years to find a solution that we both can, over the internet, play retro games. And for yeah. many years, yeah. HA and I, we found no solution whatsoever. Then, after a few years, there were solutions, but they were all horrible, technically, wise. <laughs> all right, horrible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was not, there was not is, uh, there was not a single solution that would always work, mm -hmm. you know, or, or ever ever work in many cases, <laughs> or ever work. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember we were trying on Y sixty four. We were trying summer games, and it mm -hmm. instantly crashed the emulator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like wow, wonderful, you know. As we stream, it's like uh, yeah, we're we're streaming, and it's like crash. Wow. Try it again. <laughs> Crash. Uh. And and the funniest thing is that that this stream was actually loved by by our people, 
and they were like, you are crazy yeah. m making a stream show based on an alpha function of an emulator that is so crippled that it's constantly crashing. So I, we saw there was a need for that. And then a few, lays, few, few years later, um, Sega, Sega came with their um, um, classic collection and it worked mm. better, but there was a huge, a huge delay. And um, the game would freeze every couple of seconds. And so, yeah. so I'm very happy that finally there is a company, a project um, that is actually bring a solution to there. And that's totally something I would sign up for, you know. Awesome. I, I don't need a service that streams retro games because I have them in person, you know. You can see behind me my PC games collection. It looks awesome. For, for, for DOS. <laughs> and uh, so, so I, I, can, I, I can play it. I can play it myself, but with friends online abroad, right. especially now in the pandemic, yes. that's like gold. That's like gold, you know. Mm. And and actually, we were we were actually doing what you explained. We were running Skype, and then we were running Pipepacker, and suddenly, <laughs> like, wow, there's an echo. Oh, there is a second video. Oh, Pipepacker. Yeah. Has ha picked up the microphone and the webcam. Oh, we, we we can we can we can put our Skype call and hold. Yeah, so it yeah. was was totally working. It was like, oh my god, there was no setup whatsoever. I just sent him the link and it worked mm -hmm. instantly. <laughs> that was like, wow. The only requirement I saw was that it that it requires the Chrome browser, but since yeah. you can use the Chrome browser on Mac, on Linux, and on Windows. It's like the perfect solution that works on all right, platforms. Yeah, yeah. just a few, uh, just a few words about this for the Chrome browser and why we went for this. It's actually a technical limitation of Firefox, and they 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 don't handle WebRTC the same way Google Chrome does. So we really hope they do an update because we really want to support uh, Firefox. Uh, we're going to try workarounds or just a, a local app or something, but. Uh, we yeah we we would love to port this to more uh, browsers. Yeah, but it's it's very impressive. So you yeah, really started is, out pretty much, and it was like wow, this is just a beta and it's working so flawless already. Yeah, it's um, impressive because normally normally NJ and I when we try such such uh, solutions we are like oh come on let's let's meet an hour early so we can yeah, record. Right. We can figure out everything that doesn't work before we actually go and stream it live or record record it for later release. But this time I was like, okay, five minutes done, set up, mm -hmm. everything worked. Awesome. Did you try the 3D masks? Nope. No. No, that, we, didn't. we didn't. You, you missed the fun. You missed the fun. So you have a tab with mask and you can wear them and uh, they, they are a few awesome ones. Uh, I can maybe share my screen if you'd like, and I can show sure. if you want live. Sure. Uh, let's do this. I mean, as, as long as it's re uh, displayed, it's all recorded here. So. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I never, yeah. I never share the screen on Google Meet, but yeah, yeah. that's let's a new see. one. Oh, there it is. This is, by the okay. way, Pipepacker, like for there for people go. who haven't discovered this yet. So very, you know, simple UI where you can go around, pick the game, very much like Netflix. Uh, let's go on Macromages. When you click and select one of the games, um, the room is going to load. So you have, like, you know, uh, some Pipepacker employee plugging wires in the cloud. <laughs> uh, 
in the meantime, you can just look at the keyboard hands or, you know, gamepad hands. So here you can see like how to play the game in info. And this is ready. Uh, I can click on this, the game starts, and I can very much invite my friends here. And I'm going to show the mask. So if I want to feel, you know, goofy with my friends, I can just like pick one of the masks and it's going to uh, load in a few seconds uh, on my face. So uh, then I can, uh, you know, uh, play uh, and show this uh, to my friends. So let's see. Uh, oh, there we go. It's, yep, it's loaded. It so right. now I can go back here. And, you know, when I open my mouth, this is actually the seagull. <laughs> the mouth. And I just can go around and do my stuff. And this is really cool while playing. If I, first of all, if I don't want to see my, uh, show my face or if I just want, you know, I have this kind of psychological impact on the other guy. So he feels very confused about what's going on here. Uh, this, right. this can also be a trick. Right. So yeah, this is, this is pretty much Pipebacker and like the experience. And then, you know, if you want to invite your friend, you copy this. And I'm going to do something extremely sad. I'm going to invite myself. <laughs> if you have no friends, it's like Mr. Bean sending no his like own Christmas you, uh, cards. Yeah. You can pretend uh, to join the other room. So I received the link. I just clicked on this. And yeah, there is Echo easy. now. So yeah. uh, with myself. <laughs> Very sad. And actually, as we see it on the screen, I was impressed. I mean, A-Chain, I mean, we played it yesterday. Oh, you left. I wanted to say... There's one thing that we found impressive, at least me. You got licenses yeah. for new games for the old consoles. And you know what? We're going like further than this. So, you know, like one of my childhood dreams is like, I want to make my own games. And, you know, I worked on games before. I'm actually credited on over 20 games. But it was, you know, as part of a big corporation. And I had like this kind of like teeny impact on each of the game. Right, like, right. And very often it was about like the data tracking or some AI stuff. And now we were like, okay, we're going to build a proper gaming studio and we're going to make games. The first game is going to release at the same time as we unveil the Kickstarter. So in a few weeks, uh, we're very excited about this and I can tease a little bit about it. Uh, we, we haven't revealed it officially, but this is based on the Arsène Lupin book. So I don't know if you guys know the Arsène Lupin TV show, for instance, on Netflix. Not me. Let's, not me. Let me show you this, because you guys need to watch it, first of all, because it's French, and second of all, because it's actually really good. Well, I mean, I watch my Netflix on, on, on English, so hopefully there's an English translation. It's, you have English Oh, look at yes, yes, yes. Oh, I, yes, I do of know course. I, I saw... I saw the I yes. saw the uh, preview for it, but I didn't yes. watch it yet. It's on my watch list, but I have. To, it's really good. I have to watch it's, it later. Yeah, yeah. It's really really good, but, but it's coming from a book. I I already saw they I already saw they have an English version for the for the actors yeah. and stuff. So that's working for definitely. Yeah. So it's based on the book, a pretty old one, and we um got like the uh, the rights to 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 build the game on this. Um, so we are, let me stop sharing my screen. So it's basically Arsène Lupin in kind of like slash Bomberman style game. And it's going to be very awesome. We have some lovely 2D art. We worked with awesome music artists and the game is like, is madness. Like, honestly, I'm probably biased, but it's probably one of the best games we have on the platform right now. We've like a ton of like bonuses you've never seen before like a ghost and you can like literally cross over the screen and go put bombs. We have swaps. It's, it's crazy. You're going to lose friends uh, playing this game for sure. 
And which platform you want to release it for? It's on Pipecker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, so. but but I mean, I mean, will you do a, will you do um will you do a platform release for special console or will that be exclusive for your service? It's exclusive to the service, ah, okay. and we're using actually a or on SDK. So we create or that's an existing SDK called Log2D. So if you like 2D games, you probably heard of this. It's based on Lua. And we modified this to connect it because it's open source to Pipacker. So if anybody wants to create a game and use our social API, so meaning they can make a local game and becomes multiplayer, they can interact with the video camera. We have a lot of different interactions that we're not using at the moment, but we have, for instance, the, the body detection coming. So if you want to play, let's say, uh, more like, let's say we, let's go crazy. Let's say we have Sonic at some point on the platform. You can control Sonic by moving A button, B button. Um, we have some very goofy stuff coming, and it's all connected to our SDK. So we made the first game to show the example, but it's based on this. Impressive. Very cool. That could uh, lead the way to like stuff like uh, uh, almost like 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 Wii bowling kind of things. You know, where it's, where it's tracking your motion, so you don't need a controller or anything for it. You just do the thing. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, we are on a mission of like democratization. When you, when I look at my numbers, so uh, we did a, a, a soft launch in France and we got like in a few weeks over a hundred thousand users. And it was kind of crazy because we did like literally zero marketing. But what was happening is very simple. By design, you invite your friend to play with you. Mm -hmm. Then you usually have a good experience because your friend's going to teach you like how to use this. Like, hey, dude, like you can do this or you can do that. And what we saw is a very quick expansion, but a lot of people who are not necessarily self-identified as gamers are actually right. playing on Pipecker. And we have 48%, for instance, email, which is very high for you know uh, games online. Today, mm -hmm. like the general vision for what a game should be online is competition. Think about Fortnite. It's great. I love this game. But at the end of the day, it's it's it requires first of all a lot of skills. Uh, it's 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 very like quick. You have to think fast, and it's it's kind of a very very masculine approach of what should be online multiplayer. I don't like this personally. I prefer something that is softer, based on cooperation, fun, and just to have a good time with my friends. Right. So we built the you know anti Fortnite, which is something you sit down, easy to pick up games that everybody knows, like you know Bomberman or any Micromages is a perfect example. And you can play, have fun, and don't necessarily, you know, compete and talk about the other person's mother that you know very well. Uh, so this kind of stuff that you find only on Fortnite. Yeah, it's it's impressive. Um, it is. Yeah. So so let 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 us ask a bit about the business side. So what I found is that you can invite your friends with a link. So that means. That only one person needs to be signed up to that service to use it, obviously. So we're free. So all of you guys ah. can be signed up. So like, it's it's freemium. It's like it's it's only freemium. And you know, like I think this is the right call. And this was kind of funny when we arrive on this market. Enstrom was already here, and the, their business model was premium. And they probably so we have a quick growth. So we're like, hey, let's be freemium too, uh, which is cool. I'm glad I could help them in this regard. Um, on the, so the freemium side is, is, you know, clear for us. We're competing not with any company out there. We're competing with piracy. So right. this is very similar to the music industry back in the 2000, you know, when we 
for our friends because we were like for people who would not download games on uh, like music on Napster and these other services, mm-hmm. of course. But <laughs> you know, like piracy in the music industry was not destroyed by copyright like infringement or you know more laws or you know premium services. They were dis- like that. This was destroyed because of a better service like Spotify, right. for instance, right. and. We had to think this way. We are in the exact same position. And when I approach, you know, Sega, when I approach like the Masters Team 17, I talk about how we help them to fight back piracy because we're free, because the entire service is designed to attract these users that didn't have any other choice or better choices than to use that this kind of shady websites to run games illegally. And we, we, we can do better than this. But um, here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing. If it's free, why do you start a Kickstarter tomorrow? I mean, I mean, you must, you, you must need some funds in a way. I mean, you, you are not oh. starting the Kickstarter for fun. There must be a reason behind it. So we're, you know, we're, or serve like, or companies very well backed by, you know, funds. And we, we're actually a YC company. So I don't know if you ever heard of Y Combinator before. But this is the same VC firm that started Airbnb, Twitch, Dropbox, Stripe, small companies. And they decided to believe in us and to invest in us. And they really helped us along the way. Uh, we also got like funds from other very like large VC firms. The reason why we go for this Kickstarter is like pupils. First of all, we wanted to do something for the community that was unique. And we decided to build this new hardware, which is called the Pi Reader. And Kickstarter is a perfect occasion to distribute a new cool like product. And we, we almost don't make any money on this product. We like literally try to make it as cheap as we possibly can so people can enjoy it. Um, and this is for us also, you know, we were just soft launch in France and this Kickstarter is a good opportunity to be a marketing catalyst and really prepared for the worldwide launch, which is happening just right after the Kickstarter. So for us, it was like, you know, the perfect time and perfect, you know, vehicle for us to be like, hey, we built this experience. We tested it with over a hundred thousand people. Now we're ready for the world, and this was the right starting point for us. Mm. And now there are countries that are always neglected. For example, South Africa. When when I look Twitch streamers playing games in South Africa, they are always very pissed because. Their 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 nearest server is on Europe, and they always have they always have a 150 millisecond ping. <laughs> so so um and with this retro with this retro um project, you you also have customers like in Brazil, where there is a huge retro market, and even games that were not released anywhere else. We know this because we did an interview. With the uh, former CEO of of Tech Toy, which is the biggest toy company in in Brazil, two times. So so I wonder, will you will you invest resources on those countries that are not really much welcomed for other services? I mean I mean that that will be that will be, I guess the knockout criterion. Because, as you said, you try to make the experience equal for everybody, not depending on where he lives. That also means you have to cover regions of the world that are not so easy to cover, in a way. 
let me uh, let me tell you a secret, guys. And okay. you're probably going to be like shocked when I'm going to say this. I don't believe that cloud gaming is ready yet. I don't believe the infrastructure is ready. I think this is a big lie. And you know, it's cloud gaming is great when you have a good internet connection. But when your internet connection is average or below average, or you're far from a server, the experience is bad. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Most people in the world, they have a bad internet connection or they don't have the infrastructure. You know, like the next big thing in gaming, it's not, you know, Europe, it's not the US, it's not the usual countries. This is Brazil, this is India, this is Africa, this is Southeast Asia. And to go there, you don't only need to have servers because they most of the time they don't even have the infrastructures. They don't have like the, the, the way to even have the internet in some like regions, but also in, in, you know, in countries like France, there are regions like where I am right now. Internet is really not good. So our approach is we are not a full cloud gaming company. We are actually hybrids. So what we do is we developed a technology that can run locally part of the processes. And your game is going to run on your hardware. And then we're going to stream the inputs with the other users. That requires not gigabytes like a video stream, but kilobytes just for the inputs. And we have this kind of hybrid technology that allows us to be extremely aggressive with these emerging countries because they deserve the same kind of entertainment we have in countries where the infrastructure is better. And this is extremely important to be there. And this is why, for instance, like, you know, South America or Latin America, we have a lot of people there loving already the product and they are among our biggest countries because they see it. They see that it was designed in one thing in mind. This is not high tech, even though like there is a lot of cool stuff behind. We built this service as a low tech service, trying to make it work on the lowest common denominator. And this is why we joke on the website, we put the potato connected to a USB. This is the spirit of Bypacker. Like we want this thing to run on the crappiest like device in existence. This is why we're compatible with 80% of Android TVs out there. Uh, we, we can run this on like very low end devices. And this is also why Retro is great because Retro allows you to do this. And if we need more horsepower, we can like balance with a cloud service. So, for us, the strategy is like, let's be there in the countries that you described. And we have a year or two years uh, of advance compared to, you know, the big services like Google Stadia. And again, Google Stadia is great, but you cannot run a three-boy game on a potato. We can run our games on potatoes. And I think this is the, the huge difference here for us and the strategy. Right, well, right. well, you said you said it's a free service. It will be when it's going worldwide, even. But but there must be somehow where you where you can, um, well, in well afford all this, you know. So there must be some business model. I mean, well, I mean, I mean that's the that's the, the the plugin. That's the device for for putting your games and stuff on. I would I, I thought really not Ivan. We're not making like much money on this. You know, the business right. model is is very. Um, so when I was working at Facebook, mm-hmm. um, I, I was like also getting the data from Instagram. And one thing that I learned there is the impact of uh, filters, 3D filters on people. It really increases the engagement. People are really, really like in love with this kind of like uh, enhancement for the, the, the video camera. And 
we sell 3D mask cosmetics. Oh. oh. Okay. So what we do is that we license them from like the same brands that licenses games, but we also are going to license masks from you know anime, manga, movies, comics, whatever, uh, and sell them like at a reasonable cost. So if you want an extra experience, looking like I don't know Spider Man, if we have the license in the future, you'll be able to and just paying a small fee. So this is the first layer of monetization. And we've done some early tests. It was insane. Like the traction was really insane. Enough, you know, for us to not even have to go with advertisement at the moment. We're like, we're not even going to bother with this. We're fine with just like the 3D mask. The other revenue stream is that, okay, you have the service. You enjoy the 60 games we have already, and, and but you want more. You want to bring your own games, whether physically or digitally, because, you know, you can buy ROMs now. Uh, like, for instance, Microages, they sell their ROMs and solely legit. Some people do have their own ROMs uh, for and that they legally own. So we're like, okay, if you want this feature, we have to do it properly. And this morning, for instance, I was on a call with Sega discussing how we do this to make sure everybody is comfortable with this kind of, like, general idea of what we're bringing here, because it's new stuff. And we give you a personal kind of like server where you need to be able to run your personal games and play them with your friends. So the bring your own game uh, feature is only for premium users. And for premium users, you need the subscription. So, you know, if you want to play for free, discover the platform, go with the free version. Mm. If you want some cosmetics time to time, the 3D mask. But if you want something that is more, you know, advanced, go with the premium subscription and you get like a lot of different stuff, like the rewind feature, infinite safe states and we'll you know put a lot of cool perks in this package well that is why it's called freemium a mix exactly free and premium and yes. and um i mean can we talk about what what kind of service um model you had in mind like a subscription like netflix because you yeah. mentioned netflix a lot of times in this interview like like a monthly payment Or something? Very much. Yeah, that's that's as uh, simple as this. So the uh, subscription right now, we uh, we think about it, and maybe it's going to change in the future. But at the moment, like we just won't go with the simple approach, which is, hey, you have a subscription. With the subscription, you unlock all the advanced features, including bringing on game and like the rewind function. You have access in advance to all the new titles before anybody else. You know, cool stuff you you expect from a premium service. And while you're happy, you keep like the service that that does impose this. Wow! Well, hmm. so hey, it looks like there's finally service that is yeah that has to do with retro that I definitely will subscribe for. You know, awesome! Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean personally, for my opinion, and I would love to to get get my ass kicked by HJ beating me yeah, in retro yeah. games and stuff, you know, for real, you know. So I don't I don't have to come to New Jersey anymore to to, to yeah, get right. my ass yeah. beaten in person. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, awesome. it's 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 impressive. Now um now of course you also got a lot of negative feedback um on the YouTube video saying like why there are no Commodore 64 games, you uh. know Game Boy and all that stuff. And you said at the beginning of this interview, you are not sure about the computers and platforms you will support yet. So we support on the platform right now NES, uh, Genesis, PlayStation 1, very well actually, arcades, uh, I think I'm forgetting one. 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like the NES, Super NES, uh, Master System, Genesis, PlayStation 1, Arcades. So this is what we support very well at the moment on the platform. Uh, I was talking more about the adapters for the Pyreader because mm-hmm. the Pyreader is another device and you can change different adapters. For this, we're still surveying like the, like our, our community to know what should be the priority for the first adapters that are going to be released. The I thinking see. with PyFactor is that we want and we can support as many platforms as possible. And I, to the people who are expecting to see this kind of like other platforms, the answer <laughs> is yes. We are just prioritizing things because we're still a very small team. We're still, you know, uh, under budget, even though we, we, we're fine, but we're still under budget, but we're getting there. And, you know, like, uh, we saw a lot of people were like, Hey, where is the N64? Like, guys, we're working on it. Like, if, if no. we can make it happen, <laughs> we'll make it happen. We're even working on the PlayStation 2, for instance. Uh, if, if, you know, we we don't exclude any platform at the moment and we we just want to make sure we can also feed it with games if it's just for the sake of having a platform it's not good because we want to have platforms where we also have games we can offer for free because it's important for people to try it out before they decide to pay well there's only one thing i can say to this like good luck with with amiga if you decide to go with Uh, yes it's a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> because because um, we we tried to get our disc magazine uh. online on the homepage and getting a license for Mac for for Amiga or Amiga OS and and Workbench and stuff was like yeah you can get one from us but be but be prepared to be sued by the other company. <laughs> I'm like okay, <laughs> so mm-hmm. either one of them is suing us if we try to go for it. So ooh, oh. So, yeah, so, yeah, so Amiga, yeah. Amiga is more busy with lawsuits than doing something for the community. So I guess yeah, for people, for people, so, um, um, awaiting from you um to support Amiga, they can wait a bit for that if that ever happens. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see, but we try our best. And you know what? We don't limit ourselves to retro platforms. We are also working on, you know, integrating indie games, so more modern games, mm. uh, as well as board games. So if you guys, if you guys like board games, we are actually mm-hmm. bringing a few. We already have chess. Uh, we are bringing card games. I like, you know, werewolf style games. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming very, very soon. Um, and we, I believe this is the ideal format, you know, I, I, I love when we sit there and I play chess with my friends who is like on the other side of the planet. And this is just really cool. And I cannot wait to play other types of games, uh, and board games there. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're not building a very cool retro, like gaming platform. We're building a cloud gaming platform period, like the largest one possible. And, you know, we are, we are open to any format. We look into like stuff that are a bit more creative, like Unity, Unreal Engine. Like, how can we make this very accessible and have people use right. our social features uh, in the context of all these awesome projects that I see all over the internet? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, based on the little information that your video gave on the homepage and the beta, there was not many information there we could. We could rely on it and prepare for this interview, but wow, you are really planning deep. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Normally, normally when we do these interviews, there's always something our guests or the company behind it didn't think about, you know, 
Like like the famous NTSC Paul timing issue. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that an issue? I mean, yeah. for me, for me as a gamer, it is an issue. You know. <laughs> yeah. As, as someone who plays a lot of fighting games, it's an issue. Yeah. Like the the frame rate is is key, and I'm super you know into fighting games. So this was one of the first things. I was like, hey guys, did we think of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, you mentioned you mentioned uh, different screen size. I think AJ AJ, you made the example that Paul games when there was a moon or something. The moon wasn't a clear cycle because of yeah, the it's a it's a yeah, it's squished because the the pal is almost like it's a one by one almost ratio, whereas the NTSC the the pixels look like bricks on their ends. So everything you know, it, it drives me nuts when I see a lot of times um, people record games or or just you know record the screen in a pal aspect ratio and it's like no that's not what it's supposed to look like it's the, the, the sun <laughs> right. is an oval you know like no <laughs> right 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 exactly yeah. yes so um i i don't know it's uh, it's it's something that's really driving me nuts so, so far mm -hmm. that all my consoles i have and even i and even my commodore 64 i can switch or i got an a modified model to switch to NTSC right. because I couldn't bear with uh, with the um, differences in the gameplay anymore and the music right. and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I understand, you know. In the past, in the 80s, 90s, the companies did what was cheapest, you know. The game doesn't crash. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, it, it works. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't know if that is a secret, but can you tell us what we can expect in the Kickstarter launching tomorrow, apart so, from the adapter? Which, so by the time this is out, will have been a couple. So, of days so I don't know when you really you you expect to release this this podcast, but yeah, the, uh, next the, week. The, the, I I I actually okay. So the Kickstarter is on the twentieth. Uh, yeah, I would say like is on it the already tomorrow? Really? Yeah, on the on the twentieth. Yeah, yeah. But but didn't uh, say it on the homepage. We start. We launch on the sixth of April. Uh, so we had this like target date, like I think a month ago or a few weeks ago, and we updated it uh, to make sure that we'll have everything ready with the community because we're still working on a lot of cool stuff oh. we want to unveil at the same time. So yeah, it's going to be on the twentieth. Sorry if there was any confusion. Oh, well, so that's this even better for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this might be out before the Kickstarter's release. That's awesome. Um, so yes, on the twentieth, what I can say is that we are going to show um, a lot of new stuff that were not shown before so you'll see definitely the the pie reader and it's like kind of like actual form uh we'll tell you more about you know the roadmap and what to expect and when we describe a lot of like the the cool features we're going to get and we want to make sure and by the way so um we are not going to sell uh most of the things we're going to offer on kickstarter after the Kickstarter. So there will be a ton of Kickstarter exclusive, like including 3D masks, badges, or even lifetime subscriptions. We will not, or we don't plan at the moment, more precisely, commercialize lifetime subscriptions after the Kickstarter. So it's really cool opportunity, especially when it comes at a discount. We have some really cool early birds like packages. So if you come before the other guys, you'll get like an even better deal. Um, our goal with this Kickstarter was to say thank you to the community. Like we, you know, it's 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 good to 
you know, of course, like uh, pay your bills and grow as a company. But this Kickstarter was like, hey, let's try to make it as cool as possible for the people who supported us and who have helped us to build the platform. Because, you know, when we build this platform, a lot of the stuff that are here are just the result of like people talking with us, telling us, hey, this part sucks, fix it. And we've done this, like, honestly, if you saw the first iteration of like Pipepacker, it was that. It was like, it was that. I mean, I have to be honest, I was ashamed of it. But <laughs> we took this to where it was, to where it is now. And we're going to continue to improve this. So it, like this Kickstarter is a thank you for us. You know, it's actually it's actually interesting because mostly when I look at betas, it's like, yeah, it's not finished. That will change and this will change and that will change. And and basically what you're telling us is like, yeah, we are ready already. It's like easy. We, we I mean, there's still a lot of stuff. We're going to change. We actually push two updates a week. We, we, we're at this rate. We, we try to work extremely fast with small things. And we A-B test, we iterate. We want to make sure that people get the best experience. And we do a lot of like focus groups. So if you hang out on the Discord, you'll see probably almost every day me sharing links. Hey, someone want to play with me? And I play with people. And sometimes, you know, in the beginning, it didn't go well. Like your stuff doesn't work. This is like a bad service. <laughs> and, and this was the best kind of feedback. And the moment I understood that we started to, you know, have something, it's when people will connect not to find the bugs, but to beat me because they had a good experience and didn't even care about like the rest. And were like, hey, I'm going to destroy this guy. Oh, I beat the CEO of the backer of this game. And the moment where I realized it was even more crazy is when I started to see, so we closed the beta and we started to see people selling online their Pipehacker account to other people. And I was like asking some the, the rest of the team, like, are you guys selling accounts to make some money on the side? And everybody was like, no. So we started to investigate. And actually, people that were in the beta, they saw that there was there were a lot of people really excited. Like now we have like, for instance, like 600 people on the Discord and somewhere like, hey, do you know where I can find a beta access? Like, and some people are like, yeah, I have some kid. Like, come, um, have some stuff for you. It's fresh. And they were selling this actually much more expensive than we intend to of sell course, it in the of future. Course. Um, the scalpers, so yeah. the scalpers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have to thank them, you know, when we're, when our investors saw that, they were like, oh my God, like these, these guys are the real deal. People already, there is already a black market for this product. <laughs> wow. So, so I wonder, I wonder, um, will you support together with the platforms, will, will you support games that actually require special hardware, like, like Super Nintendo, Super FX chip? So, or, or like, like, uh, like Paprium that was released for the Mega Drive recently. I, so I, I, I called this guy. We pinged him for Paprium, like, and you know oh, when, when, when he was struggling, <laughs> like when, when he was still in development, I love what he was doing, and you know I think he's super talented. So we offered the guy, hey, can we help in any way? We, we like, you know, pay with some money so he can finish the game, and then we, we put the game on Paprium. And he wasn't very responsive to the offer, <laughs> but he's like a nice guy. And then we came back after release, like, hey, can we have a premium on, 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 on He was like, yeah, but it's going to be a lot of money. And I was like, okay, let's, let's maybe talk a little bit later. We don't have this kind of money yet, but I would love to have the game on the platform. I think it's awesome. I'm super, uh, I'm, I'm like super impressed with what he built, but that would be really cool. Oh, um, yes, yes. To make business with Twinel God is really, 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 really hard. 
I'm, I'm sure yeah. we can. I'm sure we can. I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Like, and he's, I think he's a French guy. I'm a French guy. We can, you know, just go I'm not, I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that helps, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, he did, he did this interview, this French interview, and both of the guys sitting in Paris and France, and the, the, the first two sentences were like in, in English to, to each other, you know, and, and now we are continuing with French. Like wonderful, though so there are two French people who can speak English, but because they are French, they are not speaking in English. So all French the others have to really read subtitles. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks a we, lot. We, we suck at English, like real, real bad. Like, but like a lot of people when you're traveling in France, they expect you know in restaurants and places for people to speak English. And then they're very disappointed. <laughs> like, and this is in Paris. Like, go in the rest of France, and people will look at you like you're, you know, I don't know, like an alien. Like, what, yeah. what's wrong with this people? What is this language? Speak French like everybody else. But anyway, coming back to your question, which for, for the special, um, it depends if there is still a patent or not on this. Let's take, for instance, the Genesis. The Genesis patent expired in 2014. Mm. So uh, they... they It's it's really a case by case. The goal for us is to support as many games as possible. Uh, we already have like a, a, a few special chips, but um, you know when we'll see people fail to load a game, and you know we 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 cannot test all the possible games because we don't have them right now physically with us, and we just use cartridges to to test them. But when we'll have more users, we'll definitely put on the priority list implementing like the, the games that are played by a lot of people but don't work yet. Interesting, interesting. It's 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 you you are totally prepared for for all the questions. Normally, I'm always looking for something you didn't look into. But <laughs> I'm in sure this, you'll find one. I'm sure you'll find one. Sure. But in this interview, it's look, it's it's like you you already prepared for everything. It's it's um it's very. I I mean I I know I don't know how AHA sees it, but but when when I. Yeah. When when I think about services and company bringing something else to the retro market, there's always some, something they miss. There's always something yeah, they miss. Right, right. It's like, why did nobody think about it? You know, <laughs> um, wow. and it's always like, yeah, it's always like just a cash cow. You know, that's basically what it is most of the time, unfortunately. Yeah, but this isn't necessarily just like you said. It's not retro based. It's right. there's retro stuff on right. there, but that's not what they're going for. Right. Yeah, but but and but that will be the biggest market, I guess. You know, well, it's not. I I actually don't think so. I think it's the first very good market, and you know, like to give you a sense of how big this is. When we decided to go with retro games for real, I was not going to make the decision without data. I'm a data scientist, so this is what I do. So what we did is we we started to web scrap the internet, and we went on all these shady websites where you know you can find ROMs. And they display their number of downloads because, you know, they want to feel better and they're cool. And we started to web scrap all these websites to get how many times ROMs were downloaded every year. Let's try to guess. Let's, let's see uh, who's going to get the closest. What's, what, what's your take, uh, AJ? You go first. What was, the, what was the question again? How many times ROMs are being downloaded every year? How many ROMs are downloaded every year in the world? Roughly. Oh, it's a billion. So I, I help you. It's in billion. Oh, geez. Four billion? Four billion. What's your take? Um, I would say 10 billion. Well, you win because it's 19, oh. one nine oh, billion geez. ROMs. 
are being downloaded every year on the internet. Whoa. When you put this in daily active users, this is 27 million people every day consuming ROMs. Yeah. Twitch, for comparison, is half of this. It's 15 million daily active users, and they're worth $1.4 billion. So you're looking at a totally untapped pirate market of at least $3 billion there. It's a huge market, but there is so much more than you can do than this, because I believe that, you know, couch gaming in general can be just more than the retro, and the, but the spirit of the retro is great and should be ported to more modern games, because couch gaming for me has a huge opportunity, and you see a lot of other startups uh, kind of like using this kind of vibe of, like, for instance, I think of a backyard bunch. They are great, great concepts. And they kind of use the same idea of like, hey, let's gather together and play a game and hang out around again. I think this is a great, great experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I do too. Well, so where can yeah. people find out about this stuff? I mean, yeah, from yeah. my side, we got it covered so far. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, people can uh, go on pipebacker.com or pp.fun, F-U-N, for the short version, if they don't remember pipebacker or don't know how to spell pipebacker, uh, which in France is a huge issue because it's in English words or English-sounding words. So people are like, pipake, pipa, what? <laughs> like, just <laughs> pp.fun. <laughs> okay. it's, it's much easier. Um, we're going to give you guys a few uh, free accesses so you can share this with your community. Some of you, 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 you want to give this randomly or maybe to your friends if you want to keep some of them to you. Wow. I'm not going to disclose the number so you can still have control of this. But we're going to share some with you guys so you, you can also have your community try it and, and just, you know, okay. build well, I, I, don't know, I don't know if this is an issue. Awesome. At, least, at least for the staff, we are 20 people, just to warn you. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll try to do our best. <laughs> Normally people see just me and AJ and think we are just yeah. two people, but no, we actually have a big crew behind us. So that's awesome. So uh, yeah, 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 so I would I would totally love to make a you know to make a a fight between yeah. China, Peru, America, yeah. Germany, and all that stuff. That would be totally awesome. Yeah, and if you. If you if you have some accounts for our listeners and readers, yeah, sure, yeah, why not? For sure. Yeah. Happy, happy to share some. So we will limit the number because we, we try to be fair with everybody, but we'll try to give you as many as possible and, and really hope you have a good time and then you'll be able to dispatch it between your team and, and your listeners. Yeah. Sure. Perfect. Yeah. That's good. And and I'm very, very happy to see uh, to hear that you that, that you say the region doesn't matter because that's normally like uh, Victor, in Peru, there's no server. We can't give you an access because it yeah, won't right. work on your side. I'm sorry. You know, it's and just to bad. manage expectations. So this is the vision, but right now we're still, you know, uh, like rolling out the service yeah. and we go slow. So right now we are mostly based on the servers, but the vision is definitely to switch very quickly for the hybrid solution for these countries. So at the moment, it's mostly based on the server. Uh, system, but we we're going to switch uh, hopefully very soon for, for so, so what what are the regions that are already covered? America and Europe, or and Asia. Asia and Asia. So yeah. China yeah. shouldn't be an issue, basically. Uh, so the first ever was in Japan because we have a lot of partners in Japan. So uh, you know, we, I think we have another one in uh, Singapore because we have a few developers in Vietnam. Uh, not too far, and um, I think these are the first servers. 
based on like you know where we're going to see people are coming from we're going to expand more servers uh we really want to make sure people get like a good experience and enjoy the product so at least there awesome. is some hope for china even if you can't yes. promise that it will be a good depends you know like there for, for game services there are a lot of like regulations so we will have to you know uh, make thing. sure we can be whitelisted uh, um all right. Awesome. Hey, that's awesome. So we'll put a link to everything, including the the Kickstarter campaign, which we should be getting started shortly, um, in the description below, so people can check that out. You said on the twentieth, so so in like two weeks. That's correct. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Have yes, a sir, guys. Thank you for Have sitting with us. Here. Have a good night. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye, -bye.